Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? told you oh my god no this was weeks ago this was before christmas oh my god megan <laughs> one of uh one of sarah's friends and uh was like hey i've made some cookies let me give you your container back with some cookies in it and she was like there's regular peanut butter cookies and there's weed peanut butter cookies and we we're like yeah we'll take some of both and she was like okay great and what she said was that the weed ones were on the bottom and the regular ones were on the top because okay. they looked the same. Of course. All right. I had a pickup rehearsal for the show, the Zoom show that I had directed. Mm-hmm. And we ate, we ate dinner and then I was like, I want a little dessert. And I was like, I'm going to try Kayla's cookies. And I was like, Sarah, which one's which? I don't, I don't need to be high during the Zoom rehearsal. <laughs> and, she, and she said what Kayla had said. And I said, okay, great. And I took a bite. And it tasted like a good peanut butter cookie. And I said, all right, great. And I ate the whole thing. Oh, no. I'm <laughs> sure it was like 20, 25 milligrams. I, I don't know. She baked them. It, it was not her first trip to the rodeo making edibles. She's been at it for a minute. And sure. she's very good at it. She knows what she's doing. Sure. And so I ate this whole cookie. And then we started our rehearsal. Uh-oh. And about 20, maybe 30 minutes into our rehearsal. Yep. I, it's a pickup rehearsal, too. So they're just doing a run. I'm well, just that's, watching. At least Yeah, thank God bad. I didn't yeah. need to do anything. <laughs> okay, so it's like, it's just because we had 12 days between our show or 10 days between our shows. And I was like, yeah, you can do a pickup so you guys can run it again, obviously, sure. before again. And so they're just doing a run. It's like 20 minutes into the run. And I kind of start to like look and be like, oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Am I... Am I high? I think I'm a little high. <laughs> Something feels a little strange. Oh, I'm having real trouble focusing on what's happening. I keep just looking at shit on my wall. <laughs> hmm. No, I can't be high. I ate a regular cookie. It's fine. Like another 10 minutes go by and I try to stand up and I'm like, oh, I'm high. Oh, Fuck. no. <laughs> and I'm like trying to watch this play, but I keep on zoning out. I keep on looking around the room. It's happening. It, it, it's hitting me hard and fast (laughs) all right we are we are now at like the intermission of the play and we're on our 10 minute break and then we start act two of the play i get maybe five minutes into the beginning of this thing and i am starting to get real spinny and a headache and i'm like looking at a screen is giving me is making my eyes hurt and so i'm just like sitting there with my eyes closed and feel like i'm all over the place so i go to the bathroom and I throw up a whole bunch in the toilet. Uh, oh, thank God no. I made it to the toilet, right? I throw up so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was a lot. And then I'm sitting on the bathroom floor again. Meanwhile, the play is still going. Like, my camera has been off the whole time, and no one knows I'm not there. Well, <laughs> they're that's still, good. And they're still doing their thing. And in my mind, I'm like, nope, just let them do it. It's for them anyway. It's not yeah. for you. So just let them do it. Then the run ends, and <laughs> our stage manager's like, okay, great. And like, you know, I'm not there. My camera doesn't turn on. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of like yell, or I think I yell, but it was pretty quiet, apparently. <laughs> uh, try to like get Sarah's attention until she hears me. And she's like, what is happening? And I was like, I can't come and finish <laughs> rehearsal. Please end it for me. <laughs> oh, my God. So they have a good laugh and they end it. And Sarah comes and, you know, helps me get cleaned up and 
walks me to bed. Ooh, so that <laughs> that happened. That was before Christmas. Um, and we all had a, and then we had our Zoom play the next night. And I jumped on the call and everyone was like, hey, he's here. And I was like, holy shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a complete accident. I didn't mean to get fucked up before rehearsal. <laughs> All right, should we get into it? Yeah, that was a lot of things. (laughs) But we again, it's been three weeks, so like. It's been a minute. I know, and I say, you know what? I've got another story, but I'm saving it for our next one. Brilliant, brilliant. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For some some banter. All righty, hi y'all. Hello. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the show, the Feeny Call. Yeah. That worked out better that time. It did. It's still garbage, but... <laughs> no, no, no. Anyway, welcome, folks. I'm Skyler. I'm Megan. We're talking about Boy Meets World stuff. Yeah, it's season four, episode 19. The title is Quiz Show. Yeah, it is. Yeah. This episode, I didn't take a lot of notes on it because I don't feel like... I don't feel like I had necessarily a lot to say about specific things in the episode, but I'm just interested to have like a, a just an overarching conversation about the episode because this is kind of a heavy hitter it doesn't feel yeah. like it but it kind of is yes this is like a sleeper episode it hits it 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 sneaks in with yeah. some with some seriousness um and in my memory i hadn't i don't know like it i was it came up in the queue and i was like all right yep let's watch it this yep. is a good time it's fun there's goofball nonsense i remember what happens in this episode uh and then boom it sneaks right in they yep. sneak in and get you I distinctly remember Feeney's monologue because it's one of those things, if you're on any sort of Boy Meets World social media, it's one of those that keeps popping up. There are like certain scenes and certain episodes that continuously pop up in the Mm -hmm. social media Boy Meets World universe. That's one of them. His whole like your generation gets a new web page every six minutes, which I'm sure is like way, I was going to say. Oh, he said seconds? He does say seconds. Oh, seconds. Sorry. It's still more probably, but I was going to say, which I'm sure it's way more now. It's that's what I, that should have been my fun fact for the day. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Maybe I can look that up and and do a little housekeeping next episode. But my fun fact for today is about Phil Leeds, who has already appeared in one episode and now he's in this episode. And just like Willie Garson is in one more episode of this show as a completely different person every single time. So in the first one, he was season four, episode one. He was the old guy who was sitting with the pie and he, oh, I forget what he says. He's, oh, he says, I was only three hours from home. Mm-hmm. Now he's in this one, obviously, is the announcer. And then he'll be in uh, season five as well in the How to Succeed in Business episode. Again, three different people. I think it would kind of be funny if they like tied them all in together, just like yeah, how I think it would be that. also clever if they did that with Willie Garson's characters. But whatever, I didn't write the show. So mm-hmm. uh, so real quick, I just looked it up according to Citify.com, which I don't know the reliability of that. Uh, there are approximately 380 new websites created every minute on average. Damn. Which breaks down to, to that is six websites a second a little bit of an inverse yeah wow um that's according to citify.com so you know take it with a grain of salt sure recap recap yeah that'd be me i'm on the recap have fun and away we go 
So Corey and Topanga and Sean all end up on quiz show. Topanga was supposed to be there, but Sean and Corey ended up there because there was an accident with the rest of the team. And it turns into, because they're so likable by the audience, it turns into kind of a dumbed down version of the quiz show that was had been playing for years and years. Uh, they get more and more popular. It kind of goes to their heads. They think that they're taking taking in uh, good knowledge, but Mr. Feeney is like, nope, this is bad. And in the end, they learn the value of a good education. And um, I don't think there's a B-plot. So there you go. Yeah, that's Great. pretty much it. That's all that happens. Mm -hmm. I, I was trying, I was racking my brain when we first started. I was like, there's not a B-plot, right? Like, what happens? I what, was also trying Eric to think about what happens with Eric and Alan and Amy. And they're, they're just kind of... They're just kind of there. ...along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. So what did you learn? I learned to stay in school, kids. Great. <laughs> um, right. No, I, I think something, at least in America, I should say, that is, I think, really poorly delivered to most children is this idea that, like, school is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, education is awesome. Reading is awesome. And that, like, your freedom and ability to learn, and not only freedom and ability to learn, but that, like, because you are forced into it as most American kids are, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have to go to school and there is not an alternative. Um, you don't see it for the incredible privilege that it is. Yes. Uh, which is true of myself. I know I didn't. Oh um, my God. Yeah. And, you know, now I have often considered going back to college for a variety of reasons or i've even thought about how i wish while i was in college that i had broadened my scope of study instead of being like no take all of my bonus electives are also going to be theater classes like, yes and how badly i wish i would have been like nah man go take that like weird psychology well I, okay that's not true i took a several psychology classes because i got a minor in it uh go take that philosophy or art history or photography just like all these other fields of study that like we're not necessarily going to be critical to my abilities in theater but would have been awesome as like a human being yes and which is why i still you know i read i i, I love to read and yes. uh, thankfully COVID has has given me uh a little bit of a reignition on the reading kick for yes. pleasure and uh in reading i discover and learn and things like that and i listen to a lot of podcasts to learn shit all the time so like i still wow. consider myself i still consider myself a student in many ways um mm -hmm. and i just you know think that it's it's one of those things that it's very difficult to impress on a young person the enormous privilege of quality education yeah. when it is something they have never been afforded the alternative view of like what your life is like without that yeah i guess when or especially if it's you know as if it's as sure of a thing as like death and taxes like you're going to school then it's it's not a privilege it's, no. it's like almost a penalty to many young people right it's like oh, oh yeah. uh, uh, which I get, I felt that way. Yep. And I think in this moment that Corey, Sean and Topanga come to realize that there is a gift in 
not only education, but in a person who cares so much about your education, like Mm -hmm. Phoebe. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that I, I often think about because I have a family that is so, a lot of my family are educators, like most of my family, um, they're all educators. And so when I was younger, that was something that I considered. And I was like, do I want to be an educator? And I mean, I am a dance teacher. So that's, that's a version of education, not obviously academic, but I often think to myself, if I were an academic teacher, how I could impress upon these students that this is, your education is so valuable and you're so lucky to be receiving this. And that's, I don't know how to do that. And so Feeney is very, I mean, he's very patient. He's very understanding and he's also very straightforward and just a good, good educator in general. But yeah, they definitely, that's what I learned as well. It's just like your education is so valuable and you can't, you can't squander it. It's hard to describe or it's hard to tell that to a young person and have them understand that. But now being in my, you know, mid twenties, I'm like, that's incredibly important. And I agree with you. I definitely all of my electives in college were all like more theater and more whatever. And now I'm like, I really wish that I had like taken a sign language class or I had focused on a foreign language or I had photography or art history or something like that. Now I'm going back and doing some of those things on like Coursera and Udemy because first of all, I have the time with COVID, which is really nice because it's almost like getting a, a second education, but I should have taken advantage of those times when those classes were right in front of me, you know? Mm-hmm. I get that. Now, one thing this episode does that pisses me off a little bit is it, like, shits on pop personal culture. interest in pop culture. Yes, pop culture <laughs> trivia, which I'm like, if you watch Jeopardy, they have pop culture in Jeopardy. It's not pop culture, yeah. I wouldn't say. You shouldn't be only filling your brain with that, but it's not harmful to know i don't even know that they presented it that it's harmful so much as wasteful and i that i disagree with it's not wasteful for you to one engage in things that you like but also to digest pop culture entertainment you know like the example that right they have that x-men question yeah and i my immediate thought i was like well turner used x-men to teach these kids in his first appearance yes so Clearly, Turner, an academic who has engaged in pop culture, has found a valuable reason to use that to his advantage. Yes. And so I'm like, no, there's value. There, there's value to your pop culture. It's also valuable in that, like, so there's this theory. I gotta, I gotta talk it out. Try to remember it. There's this theory that has to do with public policy and laws. Okay. And it is effectively that legislators in a democratic republic such as america can only enact legislation that fits within the majority of the socially acceptable view and so that has to do with let's say marijuana legalization um we've seen that go from a you know, uh, illicit substance with harsh penalties. And yes, there's a big 
deep dive breakdown into the complications and racially motivated things to be had there. But now, obviously, there's like 30 some odd states or whatever, right, where marijuana is uh, recreational marijuana is legalized. Yeah. And and what this theory kind of basically says is that like you as a legislature legislator cannot create socially progressive policy mm-hmm. without artists and writers and uh non-legislative thinkers effectively placing those ideas into the social conscious to such a point that like it reaches a critical mass and then you as the legislator can do something about it but you as the legislator your hands are basically tied until pop culture effectively adopts it Mm-hmm. And and so it was this interesting idea, right? That had to do with so much progressive policy is really informed by what is created and propagated through pop culture. Sure. And and that like that creates this information exchange that then opens that window. Overton's window. That's it. Mm. Overton's window. Okay. Yes. The range of policies politically acceptable to the mainstream population. So cool. Anyway, by yeah. engaging in more pop culture and by pop culture uh, engaging with masses, we widen Overton's window and thus that's how we achieve progressive policies. Mm-hmm. So I take issue with the the shit show thrown over pop culture knowledge. Obviously, yeah. you should seek to learn more. <laughs> um, you know, for instance, those that create the pop culture zeitgeist those that are writing very popular TV shows, those are smart motherfucking people that know a lot about history and literature and art. And so like there is, there is such a point where the things meet. Yeah. And that's what I think this episode misses is saying like, Hey, listen, that's all great. And like, let's synthesize it together. Sure. Well, yeah. I think about shows where it, there's information presented even like this show when I was in high school sometimes there's information presented that I didn't know previously and obviously I could have found that in another source but I found it in this source and that tv writer chose to put this in there so that I could be entertained and still receive a little bit of education and I think there's value in yeah combining those two combining pop culture and education. And honestly, at the end, I think obviously the show is like wild and crazy and has gone out of control and why on God's green earth, do you need a million trillion points? Ridiculous. (laughs) But I think there's still some value in making it entertaining, but still asking valuable and knowledgeable questions. I think there Mm -hmm. could have been a marriage between the two of them and they Obviously, for the sake of the episode, they decided not to do that. But I think that it's it's possible. It's mm-hmm. definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that the like the first tweak of the show, mm-hmm. just just like the addition of some pop culture questions, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> is enough. Really, exactly. I mean, and it's... and maybe and maybe and the a bright colors. And some yeah. brighter colors, and that would do it. But obviously, yeah, they want to push it to the limit for for nonsense's sake. Sure. I guess it, you know it helps us get the point, which is that yes. education is something to be um, treasured. <laughs> yeah. Treasured. Treasured. You know what? I, I now that I've 
like really gone on the hill to argue about how I don't like this episode. I do like this episode. Um, This episode also, also for me is the beginning of the seasons five, six and seven relationship between Feeney, Corey, Sean and Topanga. Yeah, absolutely. See them in his classroom differently in this episode than I feel like we have before. And it's like the setup that takes us through the next three seasons. I feel like sure. even when they're in college, I don't know. This episode almost feels like an episode from season five. And I know that we're almost there. Yes. But it really feels like this episode is now the new norm norm. Yeah. The new norm for their relationship. And the one that like people remember mm-hmm. the way it's set up the most, I think. Mm-hmm. This too, I feel like this episode and the next episode for sure ingrain a sort of standard that we carry with us through the rest of the show. I feel like right now it's been kind of like iffy. We've kind of already established the Eric Feeney friendship, but not so much like an Eric Feeney mentorship necessarily. And especially with Sean, Corey, and Topanga, Feeney has been, he's obviously favored them, but it's never been a friendship and or mentorship. It's mostly just been, you're in my class, you cause the most ruckus, so you're going to get the most attention. And mm-hmm. now now it's taken. Yeah, now it's definitely taken a flip. I definitely see where you're coming from Where when you say it seems like a season five episode. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy that. I think that Feeney in this episode is, is really great. I think he's a little angry, maybe. A little too angry, yeah. but well, I think he's great. <laughs> I agree. Um, He's a little, a little dramatic. Um, I feel like this is true to form for almost all the characters. Feeney does get a little, little dramatic, but I get that he's fired up because he's tr- been trying to ingrain this in these kids for uh, four seasons now, and it's still not <laughs> landing. So I get his frustration. I think the only person I'm like, this is super out of character for you is Topanga again. And and we're getting to that place where now I feel like every episode is just going to be a little bit out of character because she's growing and becoming a different character than she was. And I, I appreciate the fact that she's the one who's like, shouldn't we be asking like normal questions? I, I can't go. I can't miss six weeks of school. I appreciate that. However, she still gets so swept up in it. And yeah. It's clear that she has she is now in a different mindset than she was at the beginning of the series. Mm. I have to disagree. I mean, I agree that she's in a different mindset than she is from the beginning of the series, but I disagree that this is out of character for the character that she's become in the last year and a half. I suppose uh, this lines up with the new version of Topanga ever since she got her hair cut, basically. it tracks for me with all of the previous events. Cause we've had a couple of times where I've been like, this is out of character for Topanga. And now I feel like I'm fully prepared to be like, no, this is who she is now. Like this character yeah. has changed and that's fine. Characters should grow and change. She shouldn't be the same kid she was when she was 11. There were, there were times where it bugged me, but in this one, I'm like, no, this tracks. She like begins to raise objection and then gets swept up because of vanity, which is her kryptonite. She's always, always swept up and, whenever she loses herself, it's because of a, a beauty vanity thing. And, and that's how the woman gets her on board. It's that these women are, or that these other kids are like, Topanga's hot. And she's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and uh, so for me, it tracks. I guess I'm just not ready. I'm not quite ready. You're not ready to let well, go. <laughs> I think also the thing about it is 
she goes back to this feels like she's kind of falling they're lumping her in with sean and Corey, where she's like yeah who cares education like but then she we go back to this next season where she's like i have 200 and however many a's and i give me the oh 699 a's give me the last a and like that that tracks with the topanga that i saw a while back but that doesn't track with the topanga in this specific episode yeah but teenagers are wildly inconsistent well yeah that's that's the thing is (laughs) every day is an identity crisis (laughs) she is she feels more inconsistent to me than the other two which I think is why I am having an issue, more of an issue with mm-hmm. it, because this tracks so well for me, especially with Sean, where Sean mm-hmm. is the one who I would say takes the most out of this, yeah. because he gets to the place at the end where he's like, I, I don't know anything, I'm just cute, that's it. Mm-hmm. And sure. it's, a, it's a hard-hitting moment for him. Mm-hmm. That sits pretty accurately, I feel, as mm-hmm. we've seen with the rest of the, the season. And of would, course, Corey's just caught in the middle. <laughs> would you feel it's fair to say, though, that teenage girls face a daily identity crisis more often than teenage boys do, or at least an, an outwardly shown one? I suppose. I suppose that's fair. In that given all of the pressures on them to be this, do this, and look this, and feel this, they are infinitely more likely to shift in presentation and opinion given the whims of exterior forces than a teenage boy is. I agree with that. Topanga feels like the exception to the rule because she's so strong-willed, but uh, I think she's, we're just, we're getting to a place where she's falling prey to a lot of. Even, even Topanga can get hit by the, by the patriarchy. All right. (laughs) (laughs) It comes for everyone. (laughs) Though She wants to stick them underground and use them only for breeding. For breeding stock, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels the the thing that is interesting when when the show gets off the rails, when the quiz show goes off the rails. I mean, mm-hmm. it's funny because we're you know I'm like, wow, this is absurd. But then I'm like, no, this is this is truly 1998 MTV. Yes. You know, like this and singled out look the same. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, like, and it's exactly the kind of shit a teenager would have wanted to see on MTV or VH1. So it's just like, yeah, you're just on the wrong network. Like the show you have here is actually gold and you should take it to MTV and let, you know, PBS have their PBS or whatever. (laughs) You know, like you're just on the wrong channel because the show that you've cemented is one that could easily run. (laughs) This is not bad MTV television. This is standard MTV television. It just can't be on public access television. (laughs) Agreed. And I don't know, this must be like a local show because. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm picturing this thing. This is like your local, your local PBS, PBS station. Sure. Yeah. Between national broadcasts, you know, every day at three 30, they have an episode of high school quiz show mm-hmm. from the local TV station. Yeah. Cause Amy said she's been watching quiz shows since she was uh, in high school. Right. Which this thing exists like this, this, I don't know if it still exists, but it definitely existed in this sort of local access high school quiz show kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's very real. I don't know that one has ever gone so off the rails as this, but <laughs> I don't. And I, here's the thing. I understand that they want, more viewers obviously what tv show doesn't want more viewers it's just so interesting to me the producer 
is uh, yeah, I guess she just gets so swept away in the the amount of viewers that the whole integrity of the show is not even a thought in her mind. She doesn't take this to anybody else. She doesn't take this to any other, you know, any other producers, the director, the whatever. She just, like, makes the changes. She just does it. Or yeah, she well, took it to them and said, we're having, and none of them even cared about. I feel like there's that, you know, that guy in the back of the room who's like, but what about the... Real I think you're you're imagining far more names in the credits of this show than there are. <laughs> <laughs> the credits well, of this high school quiz show must feature so and so as announcer, so and so as questioner, executive produced by blank, and like that's it. <laughs> okay, this is local access, PBS. They've got a single producer who produces it, and and it's just she's pissed off media executive who had big ambitions and is slapped down at the local network and wants to you know still dreams of the of the other thing and so she she doesn't hesitate she goes for it and you know what she should go ahead and send a reel over to mtv and they'd probably hire her to produce this show there right (laughs) yeah there are some things that you can change to make it more viewer friendly it doesn't have to go in the complete opposite direction. You can still make it more exciting, I guess, mm-hmm. without completely changing the integrity of the show. Sure. Which, I mean, there I feel like there are some shows that are like that now on TV, on, like, the Game Show Network, or I'm thinking of, like, The Weakest Link, where it's, like, a mixture of actual trivia and pop culture trivia, and there's, like, yeah. a game element to it. There, mm-hmm. There's a way to to keep it all together and she just completely misses the mark mm-hmm. she's an idiot <laughs> let's talk let's talk because there's a good couple in this episode i feel like like gaffes not mess ups we have a boom there's a boom there's a boom check there is a boom check and it's it's very early in the episode it's like three minutes and 30 seconds in uh-huh it's over Corey's head in the center right and, over and here's head. here's my thing right i saw it and in my mind i was like well, I don't know. They're on the set of a TV show. Yeah, right. I guess it could be. But no, it like sneaks itself out for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a boom. We got a boom again. Boom. Check. Uh, boom. Check. The the scoreboard is is a mess. The scoreboard yeah. for the quiz show is a fucking mess. Because, and, and the format in general. It's like, we're back. One question. Commercial. What? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's horseshit. There's only like one question, then the game ends. There's a manual scoreboard that's just ready to go. And then at the end, there's a digital scoreboard when it's the big Oahu nonsense mm-hmm. challenge. And she's like, the score is tied up or whatever. But there's nothing on the scoreboard. It's just blank. All right. This game show is fucked. There is shit all over. <laughs> There's some argument to be made against the generic Samoan, Polynesian, Pacific Islander yeah. amalgamation of things that they throw in here. <laughs> and all the white hula dancers. Yeah, just like the the general adoption or, or appropriation, I should say, of the like... Pacific Island cultures mm-hmm. all mixed together in here. And then there's like the thing where like the spear, the, like the, the quote unquote Samoan spear carrier yeah. is where here to like get you. <laughs> I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? This is all fucking not great. No. <laughs> and I guess in the bigger picture of appropriation, 
people overlook a lot of Pacific Islander stuff mm-hmm. more often than maybe they should. Sure. This wasn't a conversation necessarily happening in major circles when this episode came out. Oh, of course not. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I thought that as well. I was like, this is... I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, well, actually, that's a lie. The, I do know how I feel about it, and it's not good. It's not good. It's good. <laughs> yeah. At the very end, when they're playing the board game version, and that mom gets the question wrong, so somehow ends, yes. and I'm running out of nowhere, which is funny. I'm not going to pretend it's not a funny bit to have all of a sudden, boom. <laughs> Especially since they're all chanting, boy meets world, boy meets world, boy meets right. world. <laughs> like, it's a good gag. But... It's a good gag. And if it were just that moment, we might have gotten away with it without me being too critical on it. But nah. No. No, no. No, no, no. <laughs> didn't didn't make the cut. <laughs> no. Who was your MVP? The MVP for me mm-hmm. is Ducky Shush. Uh, I'm a little, I struggled a little bit sure. to give it either to Feeney or Sean. Because Feeney gets a little, a little too angry, in my sure. opinion. And Sean has the big aha moment. Yes. All on um, his own, too. Who was yours? <laughs> All right. Are you waiting for me to pick so you can pick the other one? <laughs> no, actually, I have mine i think you go first. Stone. i think it's feeny and the reason that yeah. i think it's feeny is simply because sean does arrive at it by himself but it would not have been i don't think he would have arrived at that if feeny hadn't previously said something and made them start to internalize that think about it approach the producer, say, please ask us more intelligent questions, then this all kind of leads to why Sean was asked the question about the printing press. I also think that, yes, Feeney does fly off the handle a little bit, but if you think about it in the context of he's been with these students for now four years, trying to teach them that education is important, you need to be valuing this, X, Y, and Z, and they're just missing the mark. I mean, I'd get... I'd fucking fly off the handle too. I'd be like, are you kidding me with this? This is ridiculous. And so I think his anger, while a little overdramatic, obviously for the television aspect, is still justified because it's been four years in the making. Reasonable. I'll give it to Feeney. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have, I mean, I don't know. There were times where I had a teacher who kind of lost it. Oh, yeah. I did have a history teacher that would fly off the handle a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. But I yeah. think that's about it. Oh, my yeah. science teacher threw markers at kids who fell asleep in class. My chemistry teacher. That was pretty funny. Was that like it was? That was like what? Tenth grade, eleventh grade? Uh, yes, eleventh grade. Yeah, that's probably fine. Sure. Yeah. I'm gonna say if they're younger than that, then then it's not cool. But no. <laughs> and I mean, it's a it's a small classroom. I I went to a small high school, so it's not like she's chucking these things and whipping them at them from like <laughs> you know, twenty feet away. Oh, I remember now what I was going to say. I, I, there was one other thing I had an issue with, and it mm-hmm. is this idea that they are in 11th grade mm-hmm. and they are learning that Gutenberg invented the printing press. Yes. <laughs> that, is, that is middle school. That is 6th, 7th grade. 
Absolutely. Uh, when they're learning, they're like it says on the board, Gutenberg, printing press, Alexander Graham Bell, telephone, right? Like they're clearly on some sort of inventor's unit. Yep. And I'm like, this shit is middle. This is not 11th grade history. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I honestly didn't even think about it until you said it, but the show has so many educational inconsistencies, like how in the last episode, Corey didn't know who Romeo and Juliet were, Mm -hmm. even though he learned about them already. I just, Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll have another at some point next season. And mm-hmm. then maybe even again in college, but who knows? Yeah. Also, if I were Topanga, I'd be really pissed off to be in the same history class as Corey and Sean. Right? Because <laughs> clearly she's beyond it. Yeah. In in 11th grade, she's I was being taking, left down. <laughs> I was taking AP U.S. history, so mm-hmm. I don't know why she's not in that. She's that way is, smarter than I that's was. That's the thing. They should be in U.S. history, and she would be in AP. Maybe Corey would be in AP, but he'd be struggling. Sean oh, wouldn't be. Oh, struggling so much. It's so funny to me. Well, I'll get to it. But the next episode where when Sean presents them with a list of colleges that they can go to so they can all stay together. <laughs> that that tickles me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all I've got for this one. You know anything else? No, that's it for me. Like all I said, right. I didn't have a bunch of notes. I think it was mostly this is a good conversation one. Less yeah. so like kicking yeah, apart cool. inconsistencies and, and mostly just conversation. Sure. Well, check us out online, y'all. Thanks for listening. Right We're on the social media pages. Unlike a certain someone who is no longer allowed to be on social media, you know, <laughs> you know who it is. Oh, we love the bare minimum! Yay! <laughs> love I that saw, for us. What was it? Uh, <laughs> it was like I don't know if it was the Atlantic, New Yorker. It was it was some major publication where like this article headline was like reasons I, a stormtrooper, and jumping off this exploding Death Star as quickly as possible. (laughs) Uh, Love that. And I was like, please give me, please applaud me for leaving this exploding Death Star. (laughs) And I'm like, bringing pop culture into relevant. And so it was this obvious, you know, satire piece about like, no, 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 you don't get a pat on the back for jumping out now. Uh All right. (laughs) Far too late. So we're on social media still on Facebook and Twitter uh, yes. and Instagram Indeed. and Phoenix call podcast at the Phoenix call on Twitter and Facebook. You can send us an email Phoenix call podcast at Gmail. And then also in our uh, episode description and our bio on Instagram, you can find a link to send us a voicemail because we like to hear your voice. Sometimes. Depends on what it's saying, of course. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, y'all. Have a wonderful rest of your day wherever you are. Yes. Class dismissed.